0: Welcome to Predestrap by Track presents Stevie Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Maybe Your Baby from the album Talking Booker. Released on the 28th of October 1972, the song is 6 minutes 51. Uh, On the track we have Stevie Wonder and Ray Parker Jr. Yes, that Ray Parker Jr. Um, (laughs) Joining me to talk about today is Elliot Wallace. Hello Elliot. Hey there Darren.
1: I I was also surprised when you sent the notes and I saw Ray Parker Jr. but then I was like, oh yeah, he was... Pretty constant with his, uh, I guess, background music in the uh, 70s and up until uh, Ghostbusters was released. So it's not too surprising, but it's still weird to see the name. (laughs) Yeah, he I mean,
0: I think he just kind of uh, uh, I think Ray Parker Jr. He had like I mean, he was kind of like a session musician, mostly um uh, but and also like he kind of you know co-wrote a lot of songs for you know like uh rufus and shaka khan supremes aretha franklin um you know uh bill withers like just a, a lot of kind of people kind of were on um uh, on motown but he wasn't ever really like signed to motown himself right. <laughs> He was just like always a session musician um and on this on this particular track he plays the guitar part oh um which I think is one of the rare instruments that Stevie wonder doesn't ever play. Oh, um, you know, he'll always do like drums and keyboards, particularly on this run of albums in the seventies, drums, keyboards, always Stevie wonder vocals, backing vocals. Um, but then when it comes to stuff like, uh, woodwinds or, um, you know, strings and guitars, you know, he'll play bass guitar, uh, on some tracks, but electric guitar, it's something that Stevie wonder rarely plays. Um, and you know, Ray Parker Jr.'s, I mean, let's just say his playing on this is amazing. Like yeah, the, yeah. the whole kind of slide guitar. I mean, it really kind of makes the song <laughs> like, um, you know, the song's great anyway. But like just having that extra kind of like guitar thing on the top of it uh, is just is just kind of it's kind of really cool. Um, you know, and in the Rolling Stone review, uh, it says the album's longest cut is one of its best. Maybe your baby carries on for nearly seven minutes in a state of exalted despair, riding the rumblings of the synthesizer to an extended build and finale. Stevie turns his song of betrayed love into a powerful, somewhat upbeat dance number. The repetition taunting with a vengeance and hypnotizing. <laughs> um, now it's worth noting that uh, Talking Book is this album where, as I would have said on the opening track. It flips between songs like You Are the Sunshine of My Life and the next track, You and I, We Could Conquer the World, uh, which are songs where Stevie is singing positively and he's happy and he's in love with his wife. And then songs like this, where he's been cheated on by his wife and he makes it clear. Um, and then you've also got Tuesday Heartbreak and you know, Blame It on the Sun. And there's a couple of other songs. We this This album kind of flips between... Um, you know, positive, upbeat songs. You know about him falling in love, and songs about his wife cheating on him and him dumping her, and obviously, maybe your baby is distinctly in the latter half. Yeah, very much um, so. It gives it gives the album a weird kind of schizophrenic feel, where like you're, you know, for one moment, someone is the sunshine of your life, and then immediately we open up with Stevie Wonder singing, "I'm feeling down and some kind of lonely because my baby done left me here." <laughs> it's like what the hell just happened? Like (laughs) one moment that she was the sunshine your life. And now you're, you know, your heart's blazing like a five alarm fire. And I don't even give a care. And it's like, I don't know. And I, again, we we get some kind of
1: with, with uh, kind of the reviews. And we've talked a little bit about that. I, I, early on, I mentioned how a lot of it seems to be Stevie Wonder's personality going through, coming through these songs more so, than in the past so I do wonder where am I trying to go with this but yeah I I feel like that's something that really uh, goes into this album and what makes it really unique is that um, unlike things he was when he released when he was like really young and he was 12 and then when he was starting up again or like when the late 60s into the early 70s when he was still kind of under the motel Motown thumb you know now he's really talking about what it's like what it's like in his life uh so you you're kind of mentioning how it feels a little schizophrenic but maybe it's also the sense of uh this is you know it's as personal as it gets in a an r&b song and a soul song and a funk song
0: yeah oh i mean like just the kind of he has this kind of thing as well where you have him singing certain lines And in the background, you have him kind of saying, you know, um, like the kind of oh yes, and the kind like agreeing with the kind of (laughs) the pain. Yeah. And also when when he when he kind of hits a line like and I don't even give a care, he goes like way into his lower register to kind of really emphasise it, Um, you know. And the the kind of you know I feel like I feel like the world is turning on me, (laughs) my dreams turning to ashes right in front of my face, uh, and I'm getting kind of worried, uh, and I feel so out of place and again back into that lower register and then of course we get the kind of I don't know if you could call it a chorus but it's just the maybe your baby done made some other plans (laughs) which I I love the kind of um I don't know I just I just such a it's such a kind of succinct way of just being like you know your like the fact that it's your baby maybe and and then just that maybe as well like I know it's for that nice little internal rhyme but just the the like the maybe gives it a glimmer of hope that maybe she hasn't made some other plans like maybe maybe this kind of despair that he's feeling isn't real but then you know as we get as we get into the outro and he keeps repeating it over and over again and overlapping it and adding background vocals it's kind of clear that yeah, she's made some other plans see i always
1: took that uh, as a lot more of a taunting Line and it also feels like the way that the chorus is sung, too, it is a little bit higher. Maybe your baby, you know. Sorry if you have ever heard me sing, but um, (laughs) it feels a lot more taunting than it is him trying to convince himself otherwise. It feels
0: like, yeah, she's gone, you're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, also, he could be the baby. So maybe he's addressing this to her and saying, maybe your baby done made some other plans. Like, you know, uh, uh, all the all this kind of stuff that he's describing. I mean, I mean particularly like the second verse is kind of like, you know, in the morning when I got the heartache, I called the doctor up for help because the only person that could do me any good is stepping out with my best friend, which is like, I mean, the song really takes a turn there because you're like, hold on a second. And then the, I feel like I'm slipping deeper, slipping deeper into myself uh, and I can't take it the stuff is scaring me to death and it's just like it's i don't know it's just kind of a really kind of accurate depiction of like him feeling this kind of depression and then kind of then saying maybe your baby made some other plans it feels like him trying to convince himself and like you say it is a bit kind of taunting and maybe he's the baby maybe he's made other plans but like just the kind of like the fact that the kind of we get the kind of the the kind of his heart on fire in the first verse but then by the second verse he's just sleeping he's slipping deeper into himself like he's basically just completely depressed over this oh yeah and and he's got nowhere to turn to because like he says the only person that he like he wants to talk to is the person that is cheated on him with his friend so he's got nobody he's like left with nothing um and just like a line like you know this stuff is scaring me to death like you, you know for I don't know, for like a 70s soul album, this is such a kind of like odd subject matter. Like, You Are the Sunshine of My Life feels like something more kind of like, you know, little Stevie would do. Whereas this is is like, clearly, this is adult Stevie. This big Stevie. yeah, Big Steve, and he's, you know, and then we get this, I don't know, I, I always kind of find it weird, the the little Sally Walker sitting in a saucer checking out the guys that are passing by, and then the kind of the build-up of the bye, bye, bye kind of repeated, um, and then we have like the, I think that's where we have like the solo from uh, from Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, just like I think the, that's where it starts. Yeah, and yeah. then in the background you have him just kind of, I don't know, not really singing, but just kind of in a little silly voice kind of doing the, the kind of maybe baby, like just over and over again um and then when it when when the guitar finishes we kind of come back to the you know maybe your baby done made some other plans um and like basically that then kind of gets repeated like over and over again um, and you have this kind of, you know, the, you know, your baby, your baby, stupid baby. And it's like, uh, that you put so much trust in your baby. <laughs> like, so again, I like, I don't know, this feels like him standing in front of a mirror, kind of yelling that himself, like how stupid he's been for kind of trusting this person. It's really, um, it's really
1: heartbreaking when you break down the lyrics more. Like I'll say this song kind of took a while for, to really grow on me. And now but I'm fully saying with the lyrics, it's, it's, it's painful, but it's all he's so angry like when i was listening to this song early on i was really thinking of Bootsy collins i'd rather be with you two different completely different songs and i think bootsy i think uh i'd rather be with you came out like way later in the 70s um but it felt like the kind of similar dirty bassy funk music but now really sitting but and outside of just the chorus of you know maybe your baby um i couldn't Really, fully distinguish what what really set this apart, and but as it kind of grew and l- took a little bit more of me, and as I'm sitting with it now, man, it's it's heartbreaking and rough, but it's also very. I I'm gonna go back to what I was saying earlier, how it it, it talks a lot about um, it's very personal, it's very real, and how you can stand in front of the mirror and just hate yourself for all these mistakes, mistakes that or some <clears throat> maybe not even mistakes, but something that's just out of your hands completely, like just being uh cheated on that that kind of kind of can be out of your hands but you still feel bad about it it's like that scene in persepolis
0: i mean i i think obviously it's kind of interesting because um you know uh, it's like stevie wonder um uh, you know he he kind of married cyrita and divorced her in pretty quick succession like they're they, you know they 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 were only married for 18 months um, and it was only from September 1970 until like the start of 72 right but yeah and like they were only together for such a brief period of time um but it's it's kind of weird how like it affected his writing for like at least the next couple of albums as yeah. well yeah. um and so like this this kind of but just I mean just like the fact that um, you know, like basically, he had full control. So it just meant that if he wanted to do a song that was like seven minutes of him basically kind of, you know, was kind of howling his soul out about how brokenhearted he was, yeah. Then there was nothing to stop him, and I think that's kind of the most. That's one of the kind of important things about these albums as well is how much control Stevie Wonder had, and you know it was kind of unprecedented for a Motown artist to oh, have any control. Yeah, yeah um so but the fact that he was able to kind of not just not just play all the instruments but he had complete control over the subject material so you know the fact that he could start out with a song like you are the sunshine of my life which is you know such an upbeat song and so positive and then you immediately kind of like dive into this song that is kind of all kind of like squelching keyboards and you know kind of slide guitar and it's just Uh, I don't know it's 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 just I mean I feel like you know goes with that saying five out of five just a kind of an amazing song um and just like kind of the hurt in his voice as well like just the kind of you you really feel even though Stevie Wonder I think at the time of this is like 23 like you feel he feels like someone who has gone out of like a 20 year old relationship like it feels like someone who's really been hurt well yeah he put he put a lot into that relationship I I
1: Don't know what his love life is like, and I don't know how exactly he related to love and relationships. I don't know what his mind, his thought process was, but it sounds like he put a lot into it. And maybe he puts a lot into just being in love and being a partner. I'll say this for me. I I have to give it a four out of five only because it's a good song, but it did take a while to grow on me um so that's i think is the only reason why i'm just a little hesitant for the full five and i think you and i is the next song and that one i that one i kind of prefer just a little better for me personally
0: i mean it's a great song obviously i'll
1: talk about that next but
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, it's a great i i I gotta be honest i don't i don't think there's a bad song on talking book i don't i don't think i don't think there's a single song in this album where you could say to me you know, it's just it's like too long or it's not well made or like anything. There's not a, for me. There's not a single bad note on this entire right. album. It's uh, people are going to get sick of hearing the number five. Um But it's just yeah, it's just such a, and and like just the kind of. I don't know, like, the, the contrast of him being so happy and then kind of the despair and then being happy again. <laughs> like, I, it's just kind of remarkable that he was able to basically kind of do, like, you know, a divorce album while at the same time doing, like, a marriage album, basically. Like, you know, he's got an album that's kind of about his honeymoon, but also then at the same time it's about his divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's re- very rare that an artist manages to kind of have such upbeat songs on, like, a divorce album. Generally, yeah. the divorce albums tend to be a lot of kind of... Well, you know, you can kind of tell they got divorced. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I don't know. The fact that he did this and he also did, like, a full album of songs for Sarita that she released, like, literally months after they divorced is kind of insane as well, like, that kind of all this took place in the same year, um, you know. And also, he Music of My Mind came out in 1972 as well. Basically, Stevie Wonder did three albums this year. Um so, you know, it's, and that, and he was just barely like 22 and it, it's, it's just kind of insane. Yeah. Um. But you know, that's obviously why we love Stevie Wonder. Cause he's just, you know, undisputed a genius. Um. Other people have felt the need to try and cover this song uh, in particular, Shaka Khan and Rufus.
1: Um, I didn't think that, that I think listening to that cover kind of helped me get a little back into the song and like listen to it again and listen to it with like clearer ears because it was just kind of swampy in my mind for the first few times I was listening to it. But then hearing the, uh, the specifically the Rufus and Chaka Khan cover, that kind of helped me focus a little bit more and then get back into it, what I liked and what I didn't like about the song. I'll say
0: that. Um, and then also Glenn Hughes did a cover of it, um, which I think it's an okay cover, but it, it turns all of the kind of keyboard stuff into... Um, guitar stuff. Yeah. Um, and kind of makes it more like guitarish. Uh, Glenn Hughes obviously is the, uh, he's actually from I don't know about ten ma- ten miles down the road from here. Uh, he's from he's from Canuck, uh, which is is kind of local to me. Uh, he was known for kind of being um a singer with uh, Deep Purple, um, and then also he was briefly the the lead singer of Black Sabbath. Although I think they actually rechristened themselves Heaven and Hell when he was kind of touring with them. Oh. Um. And then he kind of he's had a number of like other kind of um, groups since then, um, you know, and, and um, you know, he, he basically he's 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 in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the members of uh, Deep Purple. But, uh, you know, he's he's got a good enough voice, but the production is all it kind of becomes all guitar. And I think that's just a little bit kind of too much. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's a, a live version that Prince did. Um, he, he played the song live a few times. Um, I think after he'd recorded um stuff with Stevie Wonder, so Uh, I guess it kind of got worked into his his playlist after after we'd actually kind of recorded with Stevie Wonder. Uh, And his kind of introduction is a bit more kind of meandering and stuff. And then he kind of eventually gets into the song. Uh, And again, he kind of really focuses on the guitar solo and stuff rather than, you know, obviously he's not playing keyboard. He's, you know, he's playing guitar. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the live versions that are out there of Prince doing it are kind of serviceable. Um, like the root, like like I said, the Rufus version is probably a slightly better kind of interpretation of the song, and is a little less. Well, it's it hasn't got like four different boogs on it. Let's put it like that. Um, you know, and like I said, the Glenn Hughes version is very kind of guitar-y which I guess kind of works because there is a guitar on the song, and like I said, Ray Parker Jr. does a wonderful job of the kind of like he's got this kind of a uh, electric slide guitar solo that he does. that's kind of really good. Um, but yeah it, I don't know I, To me I don't think any of them Really are as good as What Stevie Wonder does right. I think it's unfair to judge The Prince one Because it's live But I think for me Glenn Hughes or Rufus Those versions are probably I think maybe Glenn Hughes Three out of five Rufus maybe a four out of five for right. me. Um But you know they're not. They're not quite as good I think because obviously We have the raw emotion Of Stevie Wonder Basically Going through a divorce, <laughs> and that kind of you know, that's kind of in the song. Whereas I think the, the cover versions that it's it's kind of like faux, isn't it? It's like pretend heartbreak, and it's not quite the same, right? Um, you know, uh, but it's you know, it's nice to have the kind of Princess Shaka Khan connection. Um, oh, yeah, with them covering it, you know. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug out here? You
1: can find me on Twitter at EH Wallace,
0: and you can find us on Twitter at Stevie by Wonder. That's just for this project, obviously. I've at this point got too many Twitter handles to mm-hmm. be listing, so. Uh, it was great speaking to you about this track, Elliot. Yeah, thanks. It's great to talk Thank to you, too. And maybe you'll return for one more. Maybe. maybe. Oh. <laughs> Bye.